As always, this show is brought to you by Mass Monopoly. We're an adventure sports agency fueling the brands that fuel us. Everyone here is an adventure junkie who loves some or all the sports that we support. Uh, We help build adventure brands through authentic, value-based marketing, growing your business without selling your soul. No bullshit, just results. Go to MassMonopoly.com for a free consultation. We're also brought to you by 508 Adventure Sports. 508 is a family-run business who work and play together. They sell handcrafted hard goods manufactured right in their New England shop and have a new line of handmade skateboards on sale online now. Uh, They also source affordable quality accessories for the sports they love, like mountain biking gloves, skateboarding pads, helmets, and all kinds of stuff to keep you and your family out on adventures without breaking the bank. Check them out at 508.com. My guest today is our very own chief creative officer here at Mass Monopoly. She's a surfer, skater, snowboarder, and really just one of my favorite people on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my friend, Mickey Cormier. And then, boom. All right, we're recording. Just that easy, that quick. Well, um, hope you're having a good day today. Do you? Do you hope that? I do. I really do. Then you'll be very happy to know I'm having a good day. How are you? How are you today? I am am good. It's a bit um, stormy outside, so it's made me kind of... uh, you know, gloomy for the weather. But other than that, mm, pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, the weather's kind of shit. But, you know, this morning I was <laughs> up at a uh, one of our favorite local ski resorts here, and the weather was awesome. It kind of felt nice to be out on the mountain. Oh, and then, that's right. That's right. I had forgotten that you were talking with uh, the Wachusett folks. That's right. How did that go? Good. Good stuff. I'll fill you in later on all the good um, Wawa-isms. Oh, but... I thought today it would be fun to talk about, uh, so probably for what, the last five, ten years, everyone's been saying it's the year of video, and video is the most important thing in marketing. Yep, and, I've heard um, that. <laughs> they, yeah, right, it's been the ongoing trend, only it just never comes to fruition. But there's a ton of video, right? There's a shitload of video out there. But I thought that we could talk about not just, okay, video is important, but why or what? What are you supposed to do with the video? Like if somebody's going to listen to this, I think instead of knowing video is important, which I think is kind of, I mean, everyone's ad nauseum now, right? Why is video important and what can you, what can people do with it to make use of it? If they're going to make video, why should they make the video, you know? Yeah, sure. You know, I think, I think that, you know, to, to give it a little history, I mean, you're right. It's been, oh, at least eight years, maybe more. People have been talking about how video is the new thing, is the new thing, is always coming, you know? And I think what was happening was that we were always waiting for the, um, the technology to catch up to a place where we could deliver the video uh, in, in, a, in a, like, non-jerky way that it would just stream effortlessly, you know, across yeah. the airwaves. And I mean, I think we've come to a place now where the technology uh, that everyone's using is of, uh, you know, of, uh, of a kind that we could actually, you know, using places like YouTube and Vimeo and Wix and all of those uh, stream actual video. I mean, let's look at Facebook. Facebook is a live streaming video. You, you, you couldn't possibly have been able to do that a year ago, two years ago. It no, would have been impossible. Definitely not. I think there's, 
but I think with video, it's become uh, a much bigger topic than it used to be. It's not just the the streaming or the accessibility of video, which which is changing fast, right? Like you said, not just. But I think beyond that, we have to unpack a little bit about what is video and and why would you use it and how could you use it because it's it's not just the availability or deliverability of the video, but how hard is it to make a video, right, for small business? So if we if we back up five ten years. You have to hire a crew. You have to plan out your shoot. You have to have – it's a lot of expense, even if you're using freelancers, to try and figure out some kind of professional video. There was a lot of rules. There was a lot of things you had to adhere to where – that's kind of gone, right, with GoPros and cell phones and, like, my phone's a 4K video camera. With with all that stuff, I think small business can can kind of get involved a lot easier now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those benchmarks have fallen. You know what? Uh, that is a good point. The thing is, um, like everything else that sort of uh, falls to a meridian, like a like an even playing field, you get a lot of mediocre that starts to happen, which floods the market, which makes everything look kind of the same. So it, it probably becomes now even more important to be uh, to, to have good quality video, to to use it correctly, to put it in front of the right eyeballs and to. Uh, you know, craft the message so that it comes across. Can't you, just be video anymore. What is good video, though? Do you think good video has to be the same definition it used to be when it was kind of broadcast-minded and you were thinking about, you know, multi-properly no. lit with your uh, three-point <laughs> system and, like, no. all that crap? Yeah. Or does it just have yeah. to be interesting and real? Right, right. You know what? I think I think in this, in this case, right, it really depends on the... Uh, uh, the the client, right? So who who is it that's making the video? Why are they making the video? And who are they talking to? If their audience is, you know, uh, their you know, you know, company A has got a little bit of a gritty kind of a grassroots. Their you know their audience isn't looking for a slick production. Their audience is probably someone looking for you know something more real. And I would probably say. Uh, most of the time people are looking to cut through like the glitzy high gloss commercially for something a little more interesting. Yeah. I would um, almost... at, at the same time though, you know, if you're a car commercial, uh, you know, it's it, it, car commercials are, are, you know, they're like in a whole different echelon of things, you know, so that like being glitzy or like special effects and all of that are probably something you know, people are kind of um, wanting to see. They're sort of expecting. So I think it really depends. Yeah, there's a time and place, and I think you're right. It depends on on the audience and what you're trying to achieve. I was thinking, uh, uh, narrowing it down, because that's, that's kind of nebulous, and we'll never be able to think about everything in the world of video for today. But a lot of where we spend our time is around adventure sports brands. And what what I see out there is it seems like they all produce a ton of video content. They do a ton of um, almost like cell phone based, you know, handheld camera when they're either on the mountain or on the trails or they're out there riding or even surfing, GoPro type stuff. And then they also produce a tremendous amount of real high end, you know, Red Bull TV, almost motion pictures for for their brand every year. And I I can't help but wonder why 
Why do they all do it? It's it's almost like, well, somebody did, so now we have to, and now it's just the norm that they all produce these, you know, motion pictures of people doing tricks, which it's cool. I like <laughs> to watch I like to watch them too. But I have I, I don't I don't fully understand why they do it and what it's doing for them. You know, it's is it an yeah. ego thing? Is it just to not be left out because there's other people? Uh, and what I'd like to hear from some of the brands is an honest answer on did it do anything for your for your company for yeah. for sales this year? Did it do anything to move more bikes or more boards? Because I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking no. It might help with some awareness through sharing and just having some cool footage. But I can't I can't wrap my head around why you'd spend uh, look, let's be frank, it takes a lot of money to send a film crew around the world and go to all like the top spots and get the crazy angles on the biggest jumps and the backwoods sessions and all that. And you get the same thing on an Instagram feed every day from the same brands, from someone holding their phone next to a tree while someone tries something, right? So yeah. is there a bang for the buck for that high, high production, crazy thing they're making? Well, I think you, I think you struck upon something very, very important because yes, making video it's it's by far like huge they probably entered the market because they had to i mean with human attention spans less than a goldfish um you know and getting shorter actually uh the retention uh that people have when watching video it's huge 95 percent they remember a message that's that's what human retention is for motion moving picture and sound so 95%, that's, that's a pretty awesome, amazing number. You know? What are you saying uh, is 95%? I'm the, losing you. The viewers retain 95% of a message when they watch it in a video compared to like 10% of a message when it's being read in text. It's, it's an amazing, amazing number. Now, the, what you're pointing out, though, is that it, you can't be just a video because there's a billion, million videos out there. So... What is it? Why are, why are you doing the video? Why is it important? Then how do you connect the video, right, back to your brand, your message, your product? How, where is that? So putting out there is one thing because you got to be out there. But, but then I think what, what happens and what fails, right, is how it gets uh, connected back and it doesn't. It just sort of sits there. Yeah, it goes out there. It sits there. It dies, and like ten seconds later, it's a new video, and we're moved on to something completely different. Definitely, you know? and we're off to the next video. And so, I, I think I, I would like to know the context in which people understand or, or retain the ninety-five percent. Because I would, I would say that I gloss over ninety-five percent of the video I see on a daily basis, and <laughs> I, I, I don't think that I would match up to those numbers. Maybe, think, maybe if I, it's something you're interested in and you've invested your time, like you sought out the video and watched it, then you'd retain that. Right. Well, uh, these numbers are coming from like InvisiShare and. Um, WordStream and Wistia and a few other like, you know, uh, uh, marketer um, measuring uh, agencies uh, that are like collecting um, impact of uh, YouTube and other Snapchat, Vimeo, Facebook Live on the market. And, yeah, and, so and what no that question. effect is. No, if you're on YouTube seeking out like a flat earth video because you're into that kind of thing and you're watching it, then I then I can see that being being real, right? Because you're you're there, you sought out the video, you're watching it because you're trying to 
find out how your freakish beliefs about the flat earth could be true. Where, but what <laughs> do you think, you know, how does that change when you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and every other post is a video that you're only going to see the first, you know, uh, tenth of a second or one to two seconds as you scroll past as it starts in the feed? Obviously, right. you're not you're not retaining huge levels of that. It's just a matter of is it going to grab your eye? And then I think that leads into what you were saying is, so then what? It grabs your eye. Now what do you do with it? Right. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, I think that what it, you know, what it usually is is an afterthought. So someone's, you know, and it decides we're going to make a great video. We're going to, we're going to make a commercial. We're going to, we're going to put it out and it'll be on TV and it'll have like, you know, it'll be a 30 second spot. It'll run. Maybe if you're lucky, it'll run for six months, but it's probably like a three month run. Mm-hmm. You, you make a copy of this little snippet of video and you put it on the web and it runs there and then what? Right. Right. And, and I think that's, I think that's the question and it's unique, I think to every, everybody's business. But what, what, what marketing has done is said, okay, great. We've done this video, right. And fabulous, but they haven't properly tied it into any marketing on the uh, digital side or the web presence side. And so it just dies on the vine. It yeah, doesn't boom. become, uh, it doesn't become the, the primary focus. It doesn't go to the front of the marketing idea. It's the afterthought. Well, we'll just, we'll just now we've made it, you know, we'll just stick it up on the web now. Right. But so it, it, I think that's huge. I, I hate to, I hate to jump in, but I think before yeah. we go off too far from that point, I think that's huge for us, for where we play in, in adventure sports, where I think there's a huge fear of marketing in the industry, right? They, they all do it, but they want to feel like they're as far away from being a marketer as they can. So they make a ton of videos and they do a ton of stuff, but it always leads nowhere, right? Okay, cool trick. Now what? Hopefully someday you need a new board or a bike and you remember that one trick that you saw in this one video somewhere and you'll eventually find us somehow on the web and get our bike, but we want to ask you to. I think... Um, I think there's an argument to connect product to what it is you're doing and you can do it with authenticity. You don't have to do it like as the used car salesman, nine ninety nine. Uh, <laughs> but there's, there's a, there's a huge, I think fear of it in, in the adventure sports industry where in sports or in general marketing, if you're selling a car or you're selling football equipment at Dick's, they're not afraid to connect their ad or whatever they're doing to a product, right? Because they, they, they're here to sell something. Well, so are these companies, but they're so afraid of being labeled like uh, a shill or a, a business that they, they, I think they hurt themselves by not making it easy for me to know how I could take your product and make my life easier doing those cool tricks that you led me there with. Yeah, well, you know, there's a fine line that they want to straddle, kind of uh, being a, a product that is servicing, you know, a, a wide range of people. Uh, at the same time, it, you know, they're showing people that are very, um, very good. And there's a small group of those that are really, really good at doing those tricks that you like to look at. For instance, just taking like, you know, a BMX bike dude or something, you know, you look at, you, you get somebody that's looking at their video and going, oh, that is so cool. I'd love to ride a BMX bike. I'm never going to be able to do that trick. But, you know, how how is then that video speaking to me who's sort of interested in that sport, right? But th- that but does there's no there's no impetus to, to entry 
in in that video because that video is kind of uh, like a secret secret society. It's right. like a club that I'll never I'm never like I can watch Kelly Slater okay slash a lip all day. I mean that guy is magical and amazing, but I am never gonna ride like Kelly Slater. You know, it's never gonna happen. Uh, and it's okay. I'm all right with that, you know. I've come to a place where I can accept this. What I want is I want to get on my, my surfboard and I want to just go out there and I want to improve my riding so that I'm having the most fun at the limited time that I have in the water, the most fun I possibly can. So from a product, a surfboard, or any other product that helps me do that, I want to know about that. I want to know how that helps me. How do you help me do that? If that's my if that's my quest to be better at the thing I do. Right. How do they connect what they do to what you do? Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's the message. They they have to they straddle this thing where they they are this cool club that you want to be in, right? But they have to but you know, if if you if you could never get behind that velvet rope, then what are you really saying, right? Yeah, I think you're right, and I think that's a delicate part, right? Because you've got the elite athletes, and you've got them in in all the sports, and whether it's surfing or mountain biking or cycling or or snowboarding or skiing or whatever it is, you've got the elite athletes. You've got the people that you see at the X Games and in the World Championships and in the World Cups, and they are one percent of one percent, right? They're the best of the best. They're they're not humans really even they're not like if, yeah, if, you, no. if you watch if you watch like a a downhill mountain bike race or even um some of the freestyle challenges th- those aren't humans you know they they have jetpacks somehow hidden under their heads i mean it, it doesn't even make sense the way they move through the air so that's never going to be me like you were saying it's you're never going to surf like kelly slater so most of these brands have a huge focus on those athletes and what they what those athletes are doing and i think that's a necessary part of what they do but i think it should be maybe you know 15% of what they do instead of focusing on it all in because you're leaving out most of the market where there's there isn't a connection between what Kelly Slater's doing and what you're doing you know he's out there and it's fun to watch once in a while but how about some uh some videos that help you pop up faster on the board? How about things to help you get more out of your board or get more out of your that short time in the water you alluded to when you want to get the most out of your session? How about connecting those things to reality, to the to the everyday people? Because the, the everyday people buy a whole lot more surfboards than Kelly Slater does or the Kelly Slaters of the world, right? Yeah, agreed. There's far more of us than there are of Kelly Slater for sure. <laughs> there have to be. There have to be. <laughs> you know, you go to any beach and it's riddled with a whole bunch of surfers and no one's heard of any of them. <laughs> ever all the time that's that that's you know, true <laughs> i'll go out and I'll, I'll i'll go out like i have a ride tomorrow night i'll go out meet with a bunch of guys and girls and we head into the woods to ride and there'll be a bunch of us and we'll pass a bunch of other mountain bikers and we'll see a whole bunch and not a single one of those people is famous <laughs> is on red bull tv got a free bike like none of that everyone there bought their own bike and they're riding because they want to that's a customer that's and i think that i think that it's such a I'm making a broad statement, I know, and I'm rolling eyes on myself, but I think it's a missed mark that most of these brands cater to that elite 1%, uh, at least that's what they put out, as if that's where people want to see. But people want to see themselves in the sport. People want to see... I agree. Like, uh, for uh, for instance, where I think this shows how the brands miss the mark, there's... um, 
just just in mountain biking. There's a tremendous amount going on in technology. Bikes are changing year over year. And I ride with a bunch of guys that put in a lot of miles every week, and they're super into it. They've been into it for 20 years. They they don't give any shits about the World Cup. They don't watch it. You know, they, they don't know anything about it. And nine times out of ten, they don't know anything about the new stuff that's going on in bikes because the only time they're finding anything out is when either their bike breaks or they're going to get a new bike or mostly what they're looking at is where to ride with who to ride and it's about it's about the actual riding of the bike itself they're not looking for product information and they're not looking for x games uh you know highlights so i think taking those videos that you're going to make but then thinking about what and why and how that connects to the person who when he's sitting on his couch or she's sitting on her couch they're Googling about um, local rides and how to get more out of it, like you are with your surfboard. How how do I um, crash less, <laughs> you know, if I'm going through a rock garden? How right. do I just have a better time? How do I uh, how do I organize rides? What's the best way to – is there an app that we could all use to make it easier to plan and meet for rides? You know, help me stay on my bike more, and then, then, I'm, then I'm your friend. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I think that – I think it, it would be uh, a good idea. I think a way – let's say, to turn that, you know, leadership thing. I mean, that's basically what these guys are doing. They're looking at the leadership, the top echelon of who uses their stuff as that's the holy grail right there. That's, and and that's, that's cool and that says something. But I think that what happens is, as you were saying, right, the missed opportunity of connecting to the person. You want, you want that, that, that to give you street cred, essentially, mm-hmm. because your product is, you know, used by these great athletes. Right. Good and enough for the best. Right. Good enough for the best. So there's, there's, something, there's something to be said for it. But then you're right. It should really, that's really what it's good for. I mean, that is really what it's good for. It makes that person stop in the feed, right, and look at your video, maybe. But I think the next message, I think probably needs to be more about like who you are as a company because I think people also respond to they you know in this in this day and age where we can know almost all kinds of things about different companies about uh, how they think and feel about the environment everything from uh, fair trade practices to uh, you know using local to all kinds of things about the way they feel about uh, writing and people and the product and the world and those kinds of things connect to other humans like us in a in a more intimate engaged way you know become relatable right immediately Mm. versus looking at uh the leadership guys and they're like gods you know like kelly slater is a god of surfing it's he's 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 something i i could not if i met him i'd probably just faint yeah, he's you know? Tony Hawk of skateboarding. It's just exactly, they're, they're, yeah. they're there's just no other like, human like him. They're just like these gods, and you're just never, unless you know you're in an alternate universe, that's not ever going to be you. So, what is it about the company that's that's like a person, that's like a friend, that's that's relatable? I mean, I think those stories too need to to come out more. I don't think we get enough of those stories either. Yeah, I, I mean I, those I, those stories could bleed through. Um, how they help you ride better. Right, right. That's what I was just thinking. Those, those stories for the brand are not about, I, I don't think yet you want to get into why your product is so good. I think it's more about why you love what you do and that's why you make your product. 
right? And like, I think if you make yourself closer to the sport, not just the upper echelon of the racing or the World Cup or the surfing, you know, not the, not the extreme, and that that's good too. I'm not discounting it, but I think a lot more time has to be spent in the the day to day of what is, what is the actual sport and why do people love it and why do they do it and how are you connected to that, you know, with um. With with surfing, with skating, with uh, mountain biking, it's all different. But there's things like trail advocacy and you know riding responsibly in nature, not destroying things in a watershed. There's there's things that the brands can can tie themselves to and educate people on that people want to know because it's relevant to them on Wednesday. Yeah, I think it also helps build community that way. Yeah, and for sure. Community uh, equals fans equals you know. Uh, people that actually buy your product, that use your product, that are, are customers. Um, I think those are all viable things. And it, um, it's maybe, it's interesting that uh, I don't, I haven't really seen um, that kind of attention, right, in, in some of the adventure sports um, companies. Maybe not just yet anyway. You mean the attention to the, the everyman? Yeah, I don't see it at all. I agree. I think it's a missed missed opportunity. Yeah, uh, I think you might be right. I mean, you know, we could always talk about why. I mean, I I assume that everybody knows why they're like probably like a top 10 list of why video should take a leading role in the current, you know, the content marketing plan, you know, like improved SEO um, stronger consumer attention, yep. higher, higher engagement. And retention. Yep, more video-favored technologies out there that will help you make those videos, so now is a good time. Um, there's greater optimization opportunities because uh, videos now come with feedback loops built in, so you can, like, know when someone drops off, you know? Right. Did they watch uh, the first part of the video, half the video, three-quarters of the video? And feedback means, you know, what's working and what isn't. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, they can spur conversation too. Like the video can lead to, even if it's in comments in a social platform on your website, on a blog, they can lead to uh, conversation and people chiming with their opinion where an image is a lot less likely to do that, right? Or exactly. a, uh, just a piece of text is a lot less likely to do that. So the video, I think it can work. And I uh, going back, I think it is uh, going to be more and more important in marketing. I just think marketers need to ask why they're making the video, not just we need to make video. Like, right. um, what, what do you think about creating video from from images? Nowadays, you can, without ever firing up a camera or hiring a crew, you can create uh, pretty pointed videos by taking layered images or just a few different images, um, you know, at the very base level making slideshows with messaging or oh i love it yeah you can get way more advanced too with using um um layers and making things animated and look like a video but you're just using a bunch of still assets coming in and out that i think that opens up the playing field not just for smaller brands but it opens up the playing field to do a lot of it right you could be putting out something every day every week instead of budgeting for one quarter or one year to make one video project you make a very good point i mean the the again yeah, you do. I mean, again, <laughs> the technology, you know, has come to a place where you could just, you could just put these kinds of uh, animated things everywhere, and they don't require like in the back in the day, they used to require like Flash and other third party right, right. plugins, right? right? Now you can have it, boom, and it is instantly 
open source, compatible with all the platforms. Everybody's playing it. It's, how do we it's help fantastic. People, how do we help people like as our job? How do we pe- help people understand that? Wow. Well, that's a good question. I, I mean, I don't have an answer either. <laughs> I think we just need to talk about it more. I don't think anyone is. I don't think that's something that like, you know what, what, what cracked me up today, this morning was your dad. When I read that he had, um, he had said that there was something wrong with our website and that, the, and that there was an image that had a video glitch in it, yeah. which was hilarious because in fact, but what that, the image was in fact, the a glitch. video glitched image. I had generated like this very cool filter effect over a total still image that made it look like uh, it was a video still trapped on pause, like you would have like a, an old fashioned VHS mm-hmm. and that it was like stutter stepping forward. And that's so cool. I mean, it was that it fooled him immediately thinking that there's actually video there. And right. that, that, that's, that says something right there immediately that the, the technology to trick the human eye is completely there. I, mean, I don't think, I think you're right. I think there are times when, you know, a full, big, fat, beautiful video is so cool and so important. And there are times when, you know, we can do a lot with, with layered imagery. We can create depth of field. We can create 3D spaces. We can, we can create all kinds of interactions that are unique and interesting. And I think, you know, all we need to do is to probably talk about those more. Yeah, I think uh, you just led me to something that I think is relevant. I think that when you kind of back away from the big, fat, awesome mega video projects where you where you can easily lose um, lose sight of what you're trying to do because the scope gets so big and it becomes, uh, you know, a real artistic endeavor. When you when you get more like micro videos to use a stupid name, but when you start to use these smaller quick hit videos that might use, you know, five or six still assets and a message. I think it's easier for the the marketer, the brand, the people to keep their eyes on the prize, to 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 think of the CTA at the end of it or the why am I making this? Why does it exist? Um, you know, you see it all the time where someone makes an amazing video and you're like, that was cool, but I, I don't even know who the brand was. I don't I, I, I'm totally lost on it. I it was I saw something cool, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do where <laughs> I think these little and this is. I think relatively new. I don't think it's new to you or I, but I think it's new to most people, the ability to make these quick hit high end, you know, high res, nice videos that are, are easy to do. You don't even need a video editor. And yeah, uh, I think it, maybe I'm crazy. Do you, do you think it helps to keep your eye on that prize? Cause it's a, it's a fairly easy thing to do. So you just think of it in steps. You think of it as here's the images. What are we trying to say? Here's the message. Uh, and then, then what, where do we take them? Is there, are we going to lead them somewhere? What do we, what do we leave them with? You know, what's the, yeah, what's the end of the video? You're right. You're right. I think, you know, I mean, maybe that's where, that's where it kind of goes wrong. Everybody gets sucked into uh, the elaborate production and creation of video. It requires scripting and, these elaborate storylines and you want to be, you want to be unique and inventive and you, you really want to get it right because you've only got the budget to do it like this one time right. for this quarter. And so you're just, you pile on all these ideas and all this stuff. And I think what happens is that, you know, the, the really the, the marketing messaging or the, the things that will trigger users to, 
uh, interact and have more lasting impact over time mm. are in the smaller messages, are in repeated smaller messages that something like that big video may not actually have. Or the big video allows us to point to those things. Yeah, totally. Like it, it needs to be part of a, a larger thought process. Right, and because if you're going to have Kelly Slater out there on some waves with a helicopter rented to get the aerial footage or even, you know, it's a drone, if you're going to go into all that, then you're going to be trying to find some kind of big bang. But if you're going to take snippets from that or if you're even taking um, images and animating them for the for a for a purpose you know going into it, like how to pop up like Kelly Slater, and then you're going to lead from that video to, you know, a blog article or some kind of deeper content, like we were saying, to, to teach you how to do a better job, how to, how, to, how to shave some time off going from in the water to above the water, right? So that, that's a, you don't, you're not wasting your production time. You're not worried about the, all the budget and the, are we getting everything we need out of this daily video shoot when you can create kind of the same thing without the huge investment or the huge... Um, commitment to it just to get the little messages because the little messages are the ones that can bring people closer to your brand the little messages are the ones that help that person who's looking for um you know moving forward or doing something new or getting better or just having more fun that that's what they're looking for it's later when they need to get a new board that you'll be on the top of their mind because you've been helping them be better on the board they ride but it's not always about getting a new product in their hands even though that's the ultimate goal right right well, that's a good point. I think that I think that even you know, I think a lot of it too still also relies heavily on the quality of the thing you create. So even though uh, you know these are small little snippet things, they have to be done with you know an attention to detail, quality, and a good message. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, otherwise, I think you risk driving people away because people are not going to respond to things that are not that are not of good quality, no, maybe especially in video. Maybe I misspoke. I think you're, I think you're totally right. I just think that with, there's, a, there's a lower commitment on the creator side. Right. Oh, I see so where you're going. It's right easier on. to create a lot of different messages, messages that don't have to be, they're not going to make or break your year. We're just going to try it today because right it's on. easy to create something new and it's easy to change the messaging. It's easy to alter where you know the old nightmare was once you once you render out the video you can't change anything or you have to go through the whole process again. Oh my god, you have to re-edit. Right <laughs> yeah. Back in the hey, day. You know, that you know what that actually brings up another great point where you know you since you can do this and change it so quickly in the multiple in multiple ways over like a few weeks you can get a really you can get really great feedback to be able to really fine tune your message, the information that it would come that would come back from from having so many different options would give you a really good sense about what messaging was work, what what wasn't. Yeah, what shits the bed? What did people like? Yeah, what brought I people mean, to the website? And you could know and, it over a couple of weeks instead of a, a yeah. six month production and then post. And, and it wouldn't then, have it wouldn't have cost you nearly as much to find that information out either. I mean, and then you could apply the the information that comes back could be applied in so many different ways. Right. Uh, to improving your the web experience, to improving your whole brand image. Right, right, and I think again that's. Uh, I think that's part of the future of why video is going to be so important is it's people are going to start or hopefully start to understand how they can take advantage of video to actually do a better job interacting with their customers, their consumers, their audience. And that's not to say 
that it means that the videos can suck, right? It can't be, it can't be shit images. It can't be a bad message. Anything bad is bad. And it's, it's the way it's always been. I just think that, um, so I'm not saying that anyone can just create video every day, all day and, and be at the top of the food chain. I just think that people that are willing to put in the work, there's a lot smaller barrier to entry than there used to be to make some video content. It used to be tough. Hmm. I have to agree. It still has to be good though. You know, it, can't, it can't just suck. It's, I'm not saying oh, yeah, that you it walk can't, outside it, with your camera or your phone, point at something. Unless it's like ironically sucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it sucks on purpose. If it sucks on purpose or there's a purpose to it, then I think you, you're, you're onto something. You know, I was just reading that, um, you know, that HubSpot has come out with some, some pretty awesome stats about video marketing. Um, it's, they project, right, that uh, video is going to claim more than 80% of all the web traffic by 2019. Yeah, they're really on a big video push. Yeah, I think that's a little, I don't know. I mean, do you think that's a little um, uh, optimistic or do you I think, think that's pretty accurate? No, I, I mean, I think, I think the the direction of what they're saying is accurate. I think they, in their nature, they're being a little overboard about it. Um, but you know, <laughs> overboard is how you get people to pay attention. And who are they talking to? They're talking to agencies and marketers and people. So I think they're trying to, they're, you know, they're overshooting the mark to try to get some people to listen. But I think the message itself is right. And uh, I mean, HubSpot does a really good job and HubSpot's not a video company. So it's not like they have a hidden agenda, like buy my video product. They don't sell yeah, one. So that's I, true. I, I think, but HubSpot does um, shape and influence a lot of what is SEO and what the relevant content on the web is. A lot of that relevant content um, is done through a HubSpot portal or HubSpot systems with their various customers. So I think they're really in the know about what what will work and what's going to work in the future, right? Because yeah. the, I think that... They're one of the people that pioneered how SEO is done now versus how it was done two years ago, right? It's not like SEO is no longer about keywords and meta tags. And uh, sure, optimizing your page is important, but really SEO, the value and the rank and winning in SEO comes out of actually doing a good job of your with your content. That's yeah. you know, Google's smart enough to know when you're trying to play tricks now. And it's... And HubSpot was, in my opinion, one of the companies saying that out loud. It's like, hey, just write good stuff. Do good content. Do it regularly and make sure it's um, the right the right stuff for the audience you're trying to talk to. And that's how you're going to move forward in SEO. Yeah, you, that's the thing. You can't cheap out on uh, the content that speaks to your customer base because they're just way more savvy. There's just way too many things out there that have good quality that, that lead people in in the direction that they want to go and it, you have to be you have to care if you yeah. don't because it'll show right through people will know it's, and that's a danger right because there's a lot of people who don't know and they get approached every day whether it's video or blog or um, websites or whatever it is the content that they're looking to make they get approached by people all the time saying you know don't pay too much we're going to give you 15 blogs a month for 15 bucks just give us your keywords and we'll help you rank and it's bullshit right uh, but they won't know it's bullshit until they've done it for a year and they've got a hundred garbage blog articles that are just stuffed with keywords, not relevant to, and nobody's going to read it. You know, they're, they're, they're piss poor. And what it is is just uh, false practices. But then 
then we get on the phone with somebody and they're like, well, I've had a really bad experience. You know, I don't think content marketing works and agencies like I've had a bad experience. And yeah, mm. you, you did. I know you did. We, you know, we, we come across it all the time. Most people have some bad experiences with marketers because a, there's a low barrier to entry to be one of us, right? If you're, no one knows until they work with you, if you're good or not. That's true. And if you know what you're doing and so many don't know what they're doing and they're on the low end of things and they're just spitting out words. It's crazy. And it's too bad because, um, yeah, it's too bad because all they needed was, uh, someone that, uh, gave two shits and then knew what they were doing. Um, that could have just turned everything all around. Oh, well, you know, uh, HubSpot does a lot of, um, well, I think they get a lot of their impetus too, not only from what they are doing in their own field. So they're getting a lot of information from people that are using their platform, obviously. Mm. But they also do a lot of nods to this guy, James McCreevy. He's a, he's a VP at, and principal analyst over at Forrester. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not a, let's just say he's not a dumb guy. But a, a lot of what they were quoting too in the uh, thing that I was reading for HubSpot uh, was from this uh, Mr. McQueevy guy who estimates, right, that a single minute of video, get this stat, a single minute of video content is the equivalent of 1.8 million words. So if the picture was worth a thousand words, mm. then a video now is worth 1.8, almost 2 million words. Yeah. That's, that's well, amazing. It makes sense, right? Because you're not only does it capture the eye, the ears, the brain, a lot more than written text or even an image, but you can say a lot more over the course of five seconds than you can, you know, in a still image. Right. Absolutely. You can also say a lot of shit and have nothing to say <laughs> and you can waste people's right? time, which it goes back to that same thing. You have to do right? it well. And I think, you know, it makes it sound sim- too easy, but it just, you have to go back to why are you making it, whether it's a video or a blog article or a website or um, a podcast or whatever it is. Why? What are you What are you trying to do with whatever you're creating? What is the the end goal? Yeah, I mean, I think most people just stop. Most people think I want brand recognition, right? And and they stop there. But the but the potential, right, to connect. Yes, you remember that person's jingle, or do you remember their like? Whatever the, whatever the video was that you were looking at, but did you connect it to anything that they actually make or sold? Mm-hmm. That, I think, is the most important thing. Was there a way for you to then go back to them? Like, oh, yeah, that video I saw at a million, that was shared like 7,000 times. It was so cool. But did, it, but did you buy anything? Did it, did it make anybody want to be your fan? Did it, did, it, did, it, did it bring people to this new thing, this new product that you had and, and did sales go up? I mean, I think, yeah. I think that what we need to do is just is force the same kind of qualifications on how those things are measured. And you can with video now, you know, you can't do it with TV. See, that's the thing. You put it up on, you know, on a TV and, or, you know, as a commercial played over the airwaves and there's like no way to measure whether or not really, you know, what, what nebulously somebody saw in that video or that TV commercial and they took it away and they applied it to your brand in some sort of, you know, active way. Like if they bought those sneakers cause they saw that video or they came to the website cause they saw that, you know what I mean? Right. And not but, just that, but let's be honest, who, 
I know it's an old argument, but who's watching the commercials on a television? It's, it's- no, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the new thing that's going to be happening. So careful on your mic. You're scratching it. Oh, sorry. So, so, um, so TV, digital guys, you know, they've already started to get smart about that. They, you know, all, all of the big cable brands are just shifting everything to digital streaming and supporting the, the, that consumers want to watch their stuff when they want to watch it. Now that also means, you know, of all the commercials that get in front of the YouTube video that you're watching or the commercials that get put in front of that show on Showtime mm-hmm. that you wanted to watch. Those things are the digital things. Those are, those are the digital in a, in a sense that those things, when they're de- delivered that way, can be measured. But what they're not tapping into just yet, and there's a really cool article, actually, on that moving forward in Forbes that just came out a couple of days ago, how they're looking to refine that experience, that sort of blanket, here's a, here I'm going to, like, like they do on TV, they're just going to, here's a segment, here's a spot, I'm going to put this video in and then everyone's going to see the same video. They're going to be able to target the user watching this video because it's digital now, so they're online. They're going to be able to target them with actual commercials that would be, let's say, more something that they would be interested yeah. in. So it's like more targeted commercials well, I think that, they, than you would have. They need to connect the two screens too, right? Because when's the last time you saw somebody sitting and watching television and when an ad came on, they didn't immediately look down at the device oh, in yeah. their hand? Their other Absolutely. device, right? There's always two screens growing. Even oh, even in, even in older generations, like you know, my parents. There's an iPad in the lap, and as soon as a commercial comes on TV, they're looking at their iPad or their phone or something else. It's not. You're no longer watching and in awe of the one glowing orb in front of you. It's you're you're in control <laughs> of it, and I I think that's a huge missed opportunity that. People like us have been talking about it for years. And how do we connect the experience? If you are going to be a television advertiser, that can only be one part of what you're thinking. Because if you're going to put the ads on TV, and I'm not saying TV's dead. You know, people still do it and it still works. But you have to connect where you're putting your ad to the content it's living around. In other words, the types of shows and network and who are the people that are seeing it. It's You're not just buying blanket numbers and like herds of people anymore. You have to connect it to that other screen. So you you have to be aware that as your ad starts, they're looking down. So how do you trigger something to happen on that small screen that that you're basically your the goal of your ad on TV, I think has to be to trigger action on the other screen as they move off. Yeah, agreed. Right? Uh, so somehow um saying something or doing something provocative or something that's going to get them to Google something, search a hashtag, do something until, of course, we can just connect all the screens seamlessly. And that's that's kind of terrifying Skynet kind of stuff. But oh, but it's coming. I know it's totally coming. <laughs> it's totally coming. But before we have that, because we still don't We've been talking about it for years, but there's no way for me to put a TV ad on and then at the same time hit you, Mickey's phone, as you look down at it with related content there's no way to do that Mm. yet it's coming because our devices are listening to us they'll hear the television ad and then they can spur something i mean it's coming but it's it's not here yet at least it's not something anybody's admitting to that it's here yet yeah yeah nobody's talking about it right now right but i think that if you're a smart television advertiser the whole point of the ad is to quickly trigger curiosity because then people take to the device 
to quell the curiosity, to Google whatever you just said, to whatever made them go, hmm, they're going to they're gonna look deeper into it because that's what they're doing. That's what they're already going to do to fill that void. So how do you become part of that void, right? How do you be what they're looking at? How do you fill that space? That's a good question. Well, that's, that's a question we can answer for another time. <laughs> I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer either, but maybe next time. Maybe. Maybe next time. We'll have to think about it. On that note, I think that's a good 46, 47 solid minutes we've got talking about video. I don't know if we answered any questions, but we asked a lot of them. Yeah, that's for sure. I had a lot of stats. Those are always cool. I love stats. Stats are fun. People love stats. They can tell them to their boss. They can tell them to their wives and husbands. Hey, hey, their numbers are like those hard factual things that are hard to dispute. That's why they're necessary. You know, pair those with. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Nope. I was just about to say pair numbers with that emotional engagement response thing, and it validates what you do. That's all. That's the only reason I like them. What might be cool for um, listeners is once we stop this recording and, and put this out and publish it, we could include all of the links to the Forbes article and the different stats so people could actually oh, see what we're talking that's about. That's an excellent, that's actually a fantastic idea. And I, I like footnotes for the, for the show. That's a, that's a great idea. We should definitely do that. For sheezle. All right. Uh-huh. I'm going to click stop now. All right, then. And, and um, 